fans, welcome back to another episode of Movie Rampage. This is episode number five. Uh, I am Tim, and of course, joining me as always is the blue-haired movie maven herself, Lizzie. Hey, Lizzie. Hello, I am blue-haired now. Yes, I'm or so teal. I love it so much. Teal. It's it's like a green, teal, blue. It's like the ocean, all different shades. So no mm-hmm. matter what, like depending on the lighting, it could look very different. Yeah. Um, Depending. So I know you guys can't see that in person, but if you come on Twitter or, or Instagram, you will see it. So yes, I'm a little promo about our social in the beginning here. Come, <laughs> come see us. We're real. You can see our faces sometimes. Tim Lizzie. likes to take screenshots of my Insta stories and then post them later with his own stories. Yes, with my so, own commentary. Yeah, so that's something you don't want to miss on Twitter. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So. so when Liz's hair was all foiled, oh, it was fantastic. That's worth, oh, I mean, I, I saved that. That's going to be worth pictures, you know, <laughs> tweets for like months. So. I'm surprised you haven't turned me into a meme yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I just gave him an idea, guys. <laughs> I know. I didn't even have that idea. That's that's great. <laughs> You're so, welcome. <laughs> let's Let's take a moment to reflect on episode four, shall we? Yes, let's take a moment. We 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 should. So episode four, uh, for <laughs> for our listeners uh, who might be just joining us for for episode five here, if you haven't listened to any episodes before, uh, episode four was our review of Justice League. Omg. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, and you know, I I don't think that we were very harsh. Um, I thought we were pretty fair. It was very evident that Liz and I were not fans. Yeah, I think we were honest. Yes, we were very honest. And um, there were some people that agreed with us, and there were some people that, you know, wanted to drag us out into the streets and lynch us. (laughs) Lots Um. of people who did, I think. (laughs) I feel like people took it very personally, and Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we meant it personally. No, not at all. Just this... Uh, you know, the same way that if somebody didn't like Thor, given how much we loved it, we would not take it personally that they did not enjoy the movie. And right. that is the part that I feel very strongly about. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. I, and, and I guess what's great about pop culture things like movies is that people tend to take so much ownership to them and they have a lot of passion for them, especially when they're franchises. Yes. Um, and certainly if someone says, oh... You know, hey, this thing about Star Wars or a Marvel movie sucks and I don't like it. I would, you know, you know what? My first reaction probably would be, are you nuts? But I'm not taking it personally. Right. Or wanting to defend it in some way, but not meaning it at, like, I'm not meaning it at you. Like, it's, or even the creators, because I can separate, I like to separate my personal feelings from a movie. Versus what I consider artwork. You know, mm-hmm. I consider movies to be an art form. Really, they are. Yeah. And I appreciate how much effort, you know, people put into this artwork versus, you know, whether it's music or costuming or whatever. I can separate my personal dislike for Justice League and still talk about the merits of it, I think. I mean, I think we did that mm-hmm. to a certain extent even though we were both very dissatisfied and passionately i think dissatisfied yeah. which is another thing that happens in fandom is mm-hmm. the passion is there because it's because we're such diehard fans of certain things i consider myself a very big fan of dc and i think my what i'd like to say is that 
I am still a fan of DC, regardless of my like or dislike of this movie. And I think a lot of people came at me like, I don't like DC now. Sure. I don't necessarily know how that come to that conclusion, but I love DC. That's why I'm passionate about it. So anyways, yes, it's a little debrief. Um, And and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, films are 100% art. Every aspect of them is a piece of art and they're open to interpretation by every individual who sees them and everyone's going to pick up different things from them. They have different values to them. And the stuff that we offer up are really just our own opinions of, of and reflections. Yeah. Yeah. And our own reflections. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan. Um, but I am very upfront about the fact that I think the Ant-Man movie, the Ant-Man movie was crap. You have I been very like upfront it. with that. I'm and very I vocal about it. I <laughs> am shocked by it, but I also don't take it personally that you didn't like it, although right. you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's fine. We can all have different opinions, and that's cool. Um, and, and I didn't mean to, to throw that out there. And actually, that like just this whole thing to, to reflect a little bit on the last episode just popped into my head. I just kind of threw that on Liz's lap. She didn't even know that was coming. Um <laughs> And it's not for us to be defensive. It's just uh, we got a lot of feedback on it, which was which is great. I mean, for a new podcast to see this much feedback was fantastic. We saw it on Twitter. Um, yes. We got a lot of feedback on Slack. Um, I, I had people texting me, all sorts of stuff. So that was really cool, and I'm totally thrilled. Uh, we're both thrilled that that we got that yep. kind of feedback on it. So. Um, yes. That's, that's really All awesome. feedback is welcome, even if it's yes. feedback that's a bit of a head scratcher at times <laughs> for me. Yeah. I still appreciate it. And I had a lot of good, uh, I had some really good DM conversations on Twitter about mm-hmm. um, about the episode and about my thoughts personally on Justice League. So I love that it op- sort of opens the door to conversation um, and, and readily welcome that in any of these. Like, that's the point. That's why we do this. We want to talk to you about it. So thank you to everybody who... Um, gave their opinion for better, for worse, for good, for bad, for whatever. Um, yeah. We appreciate you, and we want to hear from you, and that's the fun part. Yeah, yeah, we totally do. And it's nice to see that kind of passion. So, yeah, um, that's that's a cool thing. I would um, say Tim and I feel that passionately about Star Wars. So yes, um, you know, we're going to have that. That will be our next episode. So we'll have a lot of passionate chatting about Star Wars, good, bad, and ugly. Because oh yeah, we have we have. Feelings, lots of feelings. Oh yeah, yeah. There, so there will definitely, and and that's a great preview. Uh, the next episode when we rampage episode six is going to be on the Last Jedi. Yes, it, it will be as we do with everything a spoiler filled, all out through and through discussion of the movie. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. We're recording this on uh, uh, Monday, December 11th. And yes, so we only have three days left yeah. to see it. Yeah, just three I'm days seeing left. it Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to see it Thursday also. Um, yep. My theater's doing a, a fan event beforehand. Which I know we mine have is to get too, but I can't for. go to it. <laughs> That's too bad. The thing is, they've actually been very mysterious about this, so I don't know exactly what they're doing. Um, the fan event is at 6, for, and then the movie starts at 7. They're, from as much as I can gather, they're actually putting us into the theater that we're going to watch the movie in. So we still want to get there with adequate time to get a good seat in that theater. And then they're doing stuff. They're going to have some giveaways. They're going to have some other things. I don't know exactly all this entails. There's, they have not given a lot of information at all. Oh um, my gosh, that's so exciting. It really is. I'm so jealous. Oh. <laughs> 
And then um, hopefully, I mean, pretty much the the big thing I've heard is is I want to make sure that there's enough time between this fan event and the start of the movie to run to the restroom because everything that's been said about this, this uh, the Last Jedi is uh, the longest Star Wars film yes. ever put out there. So uh, a lot of folks have said, you know, make sure you hit the bathroom before you go see this. That makes me so happy. I love yeah. long. Gone with the Wind is like my third favorite movie <laughs> of all time. I think the longer a movie, the better. I love extra footage. I love longer stories. So I'm oh, yeah. so excited to hear that. But maybe don't get the big gulp. I don't drink big gulps, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're we're real excited about that, um, and I think I'm, I'm hoping next week, maybe early next week, we're gonna be able to to record that. So we're gonna have these two episodes out in fairly rapid fire. Yeah, which will be uh, which will be good, and we're we're really excited about. It. But obviously, this one, uh, so episode five, I don't actually know that we said what we're doing in this one. No, we're doing we did Christmas not. Films. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're doing our our favorite Christmas films. So very much in the style of I think it was episode two point one which is a completely different discussion, we did our Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. And so Lizzie and I listed out our uh, favorite Halloween uh, our favorite Halloween films. And so we're going to do the same thing here with, with Christmas in kind of generic holiday films. Some are very Christmassy. Others are just kind of seasonal films. Um, we're ready to get you in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely are. And it's, I mean, I've, I'm looking through the list that I put together. I'm looking through your list. And so far this season, I've seen most of these movies. Mm, yeah, I'm about halfway through. Yeah, I haven't hit all of them. There's a couple of them. I mean, if you if you watch them on network television, you know things like uh, well, spoiler. We're going to talk about Christmas Story. Yeah, that comes out oh. on Christmas Day. Well, and they're doing the live action one. When is that happening? Oh yes, uh, next week I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. They're going to do the live action one. Yeah. Maybe so, a new holiday favorite to add to your list. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll see how it how it turns out. Um, I'm interested in watching it. My niece is interested in watching it. My wife uh, hates Christmas Story through and through, so for her to sit and watch through this one will be probably extra painful for her. <laughs> so my my niece and I actually considered just recording it and we'll watch it separately. But maybe this will spark new interest for her, though. Maybe maybe she'll say, "Hey, I really loved this version." Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know we're, we're going to jump into the discussion here. Um, our, our same spoiler warning applies, although quite honestly, again, I'm looking at this list. There's nothing on this list that like came out this year, so you've <laughs> no. probably seen these movies. Uh, a couple on my list will have come out this year, but we'll talk about that later. You have something on your list that's really questionable, and no, 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 it's not. It's valid. <laughs> it's wonderful. I don't even know if it's going to survive post production. Oh, don't there, you there might dare! Be some accidental editing mistake that happens. <laughs> don't and, you whoop. dare, Timothy! Gosh, I'm sorry, Liz. That whole part of the discussion was gone. It disappeared. It's it's a vital part of a discussion. <laughs> it is important to my journey to Christmas. Hashtag journey to Christmas. <laughs> Hashtag journey to Christmas. <laughs> like uh, Journey to the Last Jedi, but different. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, so with that, um, Lizzie, ladies first. What, oh. uh, what, what, what movie would you like to talk about? Okay, I'm starting big and strong and very Christmas. My number one favorite Christmas movie slash movies of all time is White Christmas and Holiday Inn. Um, I actually Holiday Inn is above White Christmas for me. I don't mm. know if you've ever seen Holiday Inn. 
Have you seen I it? I have once in a long time ago, and I know that it inspired <sighs> White Christmas. It was a precursor to White Christmas yeah. because it was the one that Bing sang White Christmas in first. Mm-hmm. It's a it's black and white movie, Bing Crosby, Fred, uh, Fred Astaire. Yep. And it is wonderful. Um, and actually, the inn that they use looks a lot like the White Christmas inn. I don't know if it's the same one, but there's a lot of scenes that look very similar um, because they're sort of companion movies, this you know yeah. idea of Bing and his whole business. So the story is that... Uh, Bing, who is a big Hollywood showbiz man, wants to go start a holiday inn where he would only work during the holidays and live the life of leisure on the off days. Um, little does, and then of course he finds out that living on a farm and running a farm is not the life of leisure. <laughs> That's right. Um, but Fred Astaire comes in, and there's a lo- there's a like a love triangle, which turns into a love quartet. Is it a, tw- a square? Not a quartet, a square. <laughs> a love square, four sides. Um, duh. What are shapes? What are they? Oh lord. Okay. I mean, it could be a rectangle if you want it to be, yeah. or a yes. trapezoid. A yeah, love it trapezoid. Could- It could be a love trapezoid for sure. Um, Anyway, so uh, we grew up watching this movie like every year. We would watch it more than one time a year for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have it 100% memorized. I love it. I love it so much. It's all the holidays though, but I do consider it a Christmas movie mainly because they do put a lot of emphasis on – uh, Christmas and New Year's, but there's mm-hmm. they celebrate um, Abe Lincoln's birthday. They have a President's <laughs> Day number. There's an Easter number. Um, so it's it that one and White Christmas are like hands down like my favorite. I must watch every Christmas, no matter what. I haven't watched Holiday in this year. I did watch White Christmas last weekend um, to kick mm-hmm. off my to well to sort of end my uh, my holiday binge watching. So. Um, those are my beginning ones. The sisters number in White Christmas is one of my absolute favorites. Yes. <laughs> All the versions of it. <laughs> sisters. I love it. So it makes me just so warm and fuzzy. And every time anyone shares like a sister's gif on Twitter, I'm like, I'm like, that person's mm-hmm. my friend. That person is my kindred spirit. Um, especially if it's a bang and a bang and Danny Kay one. And um yeah. a little extra on Danny Kay, like my other favorite non-Christmas movie, one of my very, very top favorites is Court Jester, which stars mm-hmm. Danny Kay. Yep. Um, and so I have a very like deep place in my heart for Danny. Um yeah. He is a treasure of his time. And we don't have any Danny Kays in our world anymore. Or Bings, really. There's none. It's Um, true. We really don't. And they're both incredibly talented. I'm thrilled that these movies are at the top of your list because White Christmas is my favorite Christmas movie. It was on your list, too. Um, Yes. Yeah. So, And (laughs) I am a... I I love uh, practically anything that's, that's associated with World War II stuff. Yeah, and so the opening scene of White Christmas is uh, Christmas in the European theater of World War II, and it's just it's it's incredible that you know hey you've got a handful of entertainers uh, you know really centered around around Bob Wallace, Bing Crosby's character, who's they have this ramshackle sh- stage and he's putting on a show for the troops there, and. Um, just kind of doing what they can. And it's not like it's a USO thing or anything. It's just, hey, we're in the middle of a war zone and we're going to try to spread some Christmas cheer. And, you know, that's just awesome. And then later on, when General Waverly appears as the innkeeper, 
<laughs> is just awesome. And I will tell you, it every single time I watch this movie, I get teary eyed when he uh, for for basically the last scene in the film. Where, I was just gonna guess if where, it was that one. Yes, where he puts on the uniform and he comes out into the the auditorium in the inn and he gets this standing ovation, and that to me is just awesome. That oh. is just absolutely incredible. I love this movie. I love it. Um, I've seen it already twice, maybe three times this season. My wife loves it. Um, we we put it on. It's like, hey, Thanksgiving is over. Let's put White Christmas on. Yes, and every I mean, time it's really on TV, it's a must-watch. Like yes. I don't care commercials, no commercials. It's it's being watched. The part oh, yeah. I love when he descends the stairs and his granddaughter's like grandpa, you know, like in awe of him in his yes. uniform, and they like trick him into getting into it by getting rid of all of his suits and sending oh, yeah. him to the cleaners. <laughs> I. I love it because it's got just it's got like enough of the screwball-y sort of like mm-hmm. classic time period comedy, but also some really heartfelt moments in there too. I also really like I mean, I love love Rosemary Clooney and Bing's like and and then you've got Vera Ellen and you've got um and Danny Kay's like their chemistry. But I also mm-hmm. love the like down moments between I don't know, just like there's a lot of like more heartfelt pieces of this movie than just like yeah. a lighthearted Christmas romp. There's like like yeah. that moment that you're talking about. So I just plus um Vera's waist is like a zero. Oh like my she's gosh. It's in, no, it's in the negative numbers. It's that big. It's it's the size of my wrist, and I marvel at it every yeah. time I watch the movie. But I also marvel at her her physicality and her talent as a dancer is like oh, yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. Um Crazy talented, and and Rosemary Clooney is also, um, but yeah, Vera Allen and Danny Kay dancing together. I mean, oh. that's that's insane. And oh. I'm generally not a huge one for musicals, but like I this really one. love. Yeah, this one is just so well done, and I love the number of musical numbers and dancing performances in it, and it breaks up the movie nicely, and it makes for nice transitions, and um, yeah, it hands down 100% my favorite Christmas film. Same. I love the scene when they're doing their full production and you see like all the dancers on the stage and then it turns around and it's just General Waverly and his granddaughter and and the innkeeper and they're just like the three of them clapping for this huge like visceral (laughs) production that's like out of this world and it's just the three of them like yay! (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I agree with Tim on this one. Like number one hands down favorite Christmas movie of all time. Um, hand in hand with Holiday and for me because that's the one I really grew up watching more than White Christmas. But as an adult, sure. White Christmas has really like risen to that same level for me. So they're they're yeah. neck and neck, and I love them both, and they belong together. If you're gonna watch one, like maybe find the other one and see a, the comparison sure. because they are very much companion movies with Bing being the star of both of them. So yep. it's worth a watch. Um, I know White Christmas can be found on Netflix. Yes, uh, I don't know if Holiday Inn can. No, it's not on there. That okay. one I think you'd you'd have to rent or find somewhere because I don't know that it's available on streaming. Yeah. So over to my list, even though we kind of shared that one, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yes. Well, we talked about this on the last episode, didn't we? We, we did. We did. Um, <laughs> this is uh, just such a funny movie. And I'm generally not a huge fan of all the National Lampoon movies. But this movie is just, it's its so much fun. Uh, and I've, I'll probably watch this one twice, I think. 
already this season. Uh, you've got Chevy Chase. This is a just a, a terrific Chevy Chase movie. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, who plays his wife um, a, across the other National Lampoon films. You have an early appearance of Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Johnny Galecki as a, as a kid. Um, ah. we, you know, now know him from, uh, from Big Bang, but he played Rusty. And uh, Doris Roberts, who is uh, uh, mostly famous for uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. Uh, she was Raymond's mother. And you've got Randy Quaid, who always plays weird, kooky parts. Just a fun movie. I, I love the story beats of this movie. It is, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I, I, that's really all I can say about it. I mean, there's some real memorable moments. I love when the, uh, when he finally gets the Christmas lights going in the house and they, the, the camera pulls away and you have the wide shot of the whole town and you see the rest of the town start to go dark. <laughs> and then it cuts over to, you know, someone sitting in a in a power plant somewhere and they have to flip the switch for the auxiliary power and then everyone else gets powered up. Uh, just, you know, kind of a funny little moment there. And, you know, Chevy Chase putting up the lights and being stuck in the attic and getting the Christmas tree and all that stuff. So it's just a fun movie and I like to laugh when I watch it. I am not a big fan of Lamp- any of the National Lampoons and I feel I've seen it. I know I've seen it like maybe once or twice and I love Chevy Chase, but I it's not definitely not on my like watch list. But I like hearing I like hearing your take on it. And there are those like iconic scenes that I remember, but I've it's definitely never made it on my like tried and true list. Right. But yeah. But we did discuss it in the in the episode that will forever be lost to the ether. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the lost episode, which was centered on John Hughes. Yes, and, uh, and and John Hughes was the writer of the National Lampoon story. So yes, yeah. Um, all right, well, we're back over. Uh, um, next one on my list is Elf um, because it's Elf. Hello, <laughs> it's the best. Um, I love Will Ferrell with all my heart. Um, definitely. I've wanted. To, I would be Mrs. Will Ferrell in a heartbeat if if it wasn't already a Mrs. <laughs> Will Ferrell. I would volunteer as tribute so fast because my favorite thing to do in life is laugh. I love movies that make me laugh, um, and Elf obviously does that. And it's just so like it's a beautiful like sort of like a moderny fairy tale of you know current telling of um, the Santa Claus story and uh, his elves and. The elf that doesn't belong with the elves, he belongs with humans. Um, <laughs> early Zoe Deschanel in there, who mm-hmm. I also just just love as um, in New Girl and everything. So I love her, mm-hmm. and just I love the cast. I love the concept. I love the whimsical nature and the like. Just uh, you know, like all the little little bits in there, like the five five food groups or sugar syrups, what all of you know, like <laughs> when he like discovers the gum under the trash can and he like eat like on the subway like oh, and eats yeah, it, like yeah. or that oh. or that he's like excited about the be- world's best cup of coffee or like running through the the um the revolving doors or it just any yes. of those yep. like little moments. Like I'm not going to lie. If elf took me on that first date where he like the first cup of bad coffee and the revolving <laughs> doors and the, I, I would be enchanted. Although in reality, it'd probably be like, who's this creep? But like in my mind, I'd like to think I'd be enchanted by that wonderful first date with elf. I love it so much. Um, so 
Yeah, this one is like really high on the list. I haven't watched it yet this season. Um, mm. It's def. I own it, so it's going to be uh, as soon as I get through my Star Wars rewatch and get to the Last Jedi on Thursday, then I'm going to go full throttle into Christmas. Um, yep. So Elf is going to be real high on the list, 100, percent because it's just delightful. What are your thoughts on Elf, Tim? Um, Elf is Elf is a funny movie. Um, I will admit it is not one of my favorites. I think there are times when it goes a little too over the top for me. But I really do. I love the dynamic between Will Ferrell and, and James Conn. Yes. And so it's, you know, you have that. It's, it basically becomes a funny man, straight man thing because, you know, of, of Buddy's fish out of water basically component to this story. And it's just funny how James Conn is, is, you know, trying to treat him and trying to get him into being, quote, normal. And Will Ferrell is not fighting that, but he's just being him. He's being Buddy the Elf. And that just, that really, to me, makes it makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, the juxtaposition of, like, Buddy's whimsicality and, like, James Caan's basically Sonny Corleone, sort of, like, older yeah. Sonny Corleone, like, is... Mm-hmm. Is part of what makes it so brilliant, like when he's wearing the suit or when he picks out the gift for someone special and it's the lingerie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or his father. I don't know. Like even just thinking about it makes me happy. I don't. Yeah. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's got to be it, watched it, it is fun. soon. It definitely is fun. <laughs> okay. What do you got next? Next one for me is The Ref. I don't know what that movie is. Um, you don't know. The, the, the Ref, I will say, is um, not hugely popular in terms of of uh, christmas films but it is it's a lot of fun dennis leary is has the starring role in it um and, and i know people have their issues with him but kevin spacey is also in it and i think he has a great performance in the movie uh judy davis it is basically the the center of this is that dennis leary is a criminal who almost kind of along the lines of like what we see in uh, the f- beginning of the first uh, Home Alone movie, where he's kind of going around and, and it's it's the holidays, so he's taking advantage of this and he's hitting up very affluent neighborhoods, and he ends up uh, almost getting caught. He ends up on the run, and he basically gets uh, uh, Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis catches them, gets them in their car, says, "Take me to your house," and they take him to their house. And he basically becomes, with their family coming over, uh, he kind of starts off with him holding them hostage, but then it transitions into, well, our family's coming over, you kind of can't stop that, and so you have to be part of our Christmas. And so it's just this really awkward thing, and it's it's very funny, and it's, and it's Dennis Leary comedy, so it is sometimes this harsher, more abrasive uh, it's a type of comedy. So if you're familiar with any of his stand-up at all. A little it's, snarkier. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's a little snarkier. It's a lot of fun. I like it. I think it's a great movie. It is something that I do try to take in, uh, usually at least once during the season. Uh, I do own it because it usually doesn't end up on TV. But yeah, I, I haven't yet watched it this season, but I probably will next week is my guess. I've never, I've never seen it or heard of it even so i'm intrigued i might have to give it a check out because i like to have new i like to watch new movies <laughs> yeah it's good it, it, it is good it's a lot of fun I, I think you'll laugh okay i'm gonna put it on my list 
Not this list, like on my watching list, not like my favorites. List. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next one is While You Are Sleeping. OMG. I love this movie so much. And it's 100% a Christmas movie. And it's heartwarming, and Bill Pullman is delightful and delicious and <laughs> delovely. And I did watch it actually earlier this week when I was in a, a rom com state of mind, which is never a good thing for me. I'm just putting that out there to you. It's bad when I get in that state of mind, but it's not bad when it comes to while you're sleeping because it's wonderful. Basically, she falls sort of in love with this guy she's only ever seen but never really met. And then he falls on the train tracks and she saves him. And at the hospital, there's a mix-up, and the basically they think she's his fiance, but she never has even met him. So then she gets pulled into the family while Peter Gallagher's in a coma, starring Sandra Bullock. And um, while Peter Gallagher's in a coma, she falls in love with the family and becomes a member of the family, sort of, and then falls in love with the brother who was played by Bo Pullman. And it is just wonderful. And <laughs> Bill Pullman is relationship goals till the end of time. And yeah, I just, it makes me just ha- so happy. I literally watched it one night and then I went back and watched the ending the second night because I was like, I need more. <laughs> sure. So I actually went back and watched like my favorite moments, which are all the like Jack and uh, Lucy moments with Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman. Those are their character names. And so I went back and watched all those moments over again because I didn't have enough. So um, <laughs> have you ever seen While You Were Sleeping, Tim? Um, I once you I didn't think that I had, but once you kind of gave the summary, I realized that I had seen it. Mm-hmm. But it was a long time ago. So this is a 1995 film. Yeah, I do remember seeing it. It was a while ago. I, I'm going to have to catch it again. Yeah, it's a good of, one. Yeah. It's a, it's like a, I mean, because I feel like Sandra Bullock's one of the more like, she's less like it girl or like, you know, ish and more of a like relatable heroine, you know? So she's like the every girl, not like, oh, I'm the accomplished baker falling in love with the perfect man. It's like she's, right. you know, she's lost her father. She's lost her mother. She's working at uh, the Chicago Transit and like taking tokens sort of on the subway. Mm-hmm. And so she's, yep. I don't know, I just love her portrayal, early, early Sandra Bullock. Um, definitely worth a watch. And this is one that my mom and I always watch together. So it's like, a, it's got a, a lot of movies I associate with my dad or my brother, but this is one I really associate with my mom. So hmm. um, it's got sort of like that family feeling to me because it's one of our favorite movies, her and I. So uh, it's got a special place in my heart. So Good. Yeah. Very good. There are, I think, a lot of films particularly around this time of year that do give us that association. Totally. Whether it's just kind of that association in your own heart and soul that you just, you feel happy watching it or an association of watching it with your family or something like that, that just, it gives us that comfort. And it's something that as soon as it hits this time of year, like I said, Thanksgiving is done. Now we can watch these movies. Yeah, and like nostalgia to when we watched them as kids and when Christmas yes. was like, uh, I don't know if anyone else is feeling that way, but Christmas is like more complicated the older you get. Um, sure. And so it's sort of a hearkening back to when Christmas felt a little more simple and it was just really about family and being together rather than about what mm-hmm. everything else that comes with it, good and bad. Um, but... Yeah, it's like that's this is does that for me. It really transports me back to like a like just a quieter time when 
I just could sit down and watch movies with my parents and my brother, and we would just enjoy them. So that's why I love this one so much. Very nice. Uh, So my next pick is uh, kind of a modern Christmas classic, uh, Home Alone. Yes. And Home Alone is, uh, there, there have been several of them. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, not Home Alone 3 to start, Tim? <laughs> no, no. And I will say, I mean, Home Alone, the, the original Home Alone is the only one that's on my list. Uh, Home Alone 2 does have some cute elements to it, but I think it tends to go a little too far with with some things. Um, oh, it also doesn't age well with Donald Trump making a cameo. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> but the original one, so it's funny because this is another John John Hughes movie. Yes. And so this was also discussed in the, the missing long lost episode. <laughs> uh, a Chris Columbus film, uh, Macaulay Culkin, obviously, Joe Pesci has a, a, a Catherine O'Hara, who is just hilarious. <gasps> I love her so everything much. she's in. Yeah. She's wonderful. Uh, John Candy has an appearance in it. Uh, just really a, a, a funny movie. A um, lot of fun. I love the story beats of it. I love... It, it's just the things that like you can imagine yourself being a kid and thinking, yeah, I I could do this. Yeah. I, I could do... I could protect my house from, you know, home invaders kind of thing. And of course, it's it's... You know, it wouldn't take much to twist this movie into something really nefarious. Right. But it's so, um, it's much more lighthearted and where I, like, one of the things that I like about this one that where Home Alone 2 loses me is, like, the stuff that Kevin does to these guys in Home Alone 2 would be fatal. Right. (laughs) You know, the things that he does to them in this one, not fatal. It it would hurt them, but not really fatal. But like Home Alone 2, where he's throws a brick at them off the top of the brownstone, which is, you know, four stories high, <laughs> and he hits them in the head. No, I'm sorry. You do not stand back up from that. It's that doesn't, you much. will have a skull fracture. You will probably be knocked unconscious. Bad things happen. But in this one, you know, where the iron comes down when the when he tries to pull the cord for the light in the basement and the iron hits him in the head. I that's just funny. Yeah. It's funny. The blowtorch to the head, funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really you know, is. I, everyone cringes when he's uh, walking up the basement stairs and steps on the nail. Everyone cringes. It doesn't matter who's in the room and you're like, "Oh no, no." Oh. Cuz you <laughs> everyone knows that that's got to be so painful. Yeah. It's great. The music in it is great. Another thing that I love about overall about Christmas movies is that, you know, this time of year, you turn on the radio or or somewhere you're hearing Christmas music. And we so often associate the music that we hear with a favorite movie. Ah, yeah. And, you know, obviously White Christmas comes on and boom, that's what we think. Um, There's really great uh, Christmas music that's in Home Alone. And when that comes up, you can... Think of, oh, hey, you know, there's Kevin singing to his toothbrush in the mirror uh, before he does the the iconic um, uh, aftershave uh, scene and, and screams. And it's just it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah, I wrote a note for um, when I was making my list and I put because I looked at your list and I wrote like, I love Home Alone and it is the Christmas movie. But for some reason, I never rewatch it at Christmas. Um, hmm. It just hasn't become one that I. I mean, I do associate it with Christmas, but, like, it's one that I'll, like, come across because I don't own it. So I either have mm-hmm. to, like, watch it on television. But 
I don't know. Usually it would probably play on television at Christmas too, so I'm not quite sure why I don't associate it necessarily with watching it at Christmas, but um, it's definitely one of my favorites and it's definitely um, nostalgic. Have you seen one of the any of the stuff where it's like makes paints the uh, Joe Pesci and the, ba- the bad guys as the sort of good guys and Kevin is the terrorist? No. Oh my gosh. No. Tell me about this. They're so funny. I, it's like YouTube video or maybe it's like Honest Trailers where it's like, um, uh, I don't know, two two unsuspecting burglars get terrorized by a, by a child. I don't know. It's something like that. And it's so, it's just funny to like sort of think about, I don't know, obviously they're the bad guys because they're trying to rob the house, but it's just the right. things that Kevin does are so extreme. Like, oh, they are. <laughs> they go. They, it almost goes to the level of where, you, where you're like, poor Joe Pesci. You're yeah. just trying to rob a house. I got real, like, <laughs> I got real Minnesotan there for a moment. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> trying to rob a house. That's right. And beyond the antics, it also does have a nice story in it, um, particularly with the uh, the old man, the the neighbor, yes, who has lost touch with his daughter and and all this. And Kevin kind of convinces him to to reach out and 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 uh, get back in touch with his family and stuff. So you have that nice little feel good side story to it in the middle of all the antics. Also, a little John Candy action. Can't go wrong with John Candy being in your movie. Yeah. He's treasure. Um, yeah, great. I don't know. Great. I don't know. Again, I don't know why it's not on necessarily on, like in my mind to watch every year, but maybe I should mm-hmm. add it on and watch yeah. it every year. Yeah. I feel like I should. What do you have next? I'm going to switch my order that I wrote down around. I'm going to add Love Actually next because I don't want to like end with Love Actually. It's not by any means my favorite Christmas movie. And I'm going to actually okay. put uh, an, an edition of The Holiday um, and they really should have gone with while you're sleeping because they're all in the same vein of like a rom com sort of um, mm-hmm. feel good, heartwarming um, Christmas movie. And I I definitely watched the Holiday Love actually and while you were sleeping all together. So I should have added them in, but we're gonna just talk about them now. But um, sure, Love Actually is one that's has not like a lot of people love to hate on. But I love that movie. You can you can say lots of things that are in the negative about it, and you would probably be right. But I <laughs> I love Hugh Grant as the prime minister. I love the story of Colin Firth um, with the Portuguese like housekeeper woman, and <laughs> they don't speak the same language. Um, I love um, I just I love all the little storylines. Maybe except for Alan Rickman's, it's very disappointing given the scope of the rest of them, and then like. Alan Rickman's this like cheating douche on Emma Thompson. It's like so not what I associate Alan Rickman with, especially because they were both in Sense and Sensibility and so is Hugh Grant and Colin Firth is in Pride and Prejudice. So I think a lot of my love for it is because I associate it with a lot of Pride and Prejudice um, stereotypes and tropes and stuff like that and sort of transferred on to love actually. But I'm a big, as you will as Tim knows, and as you will find out at the end of my list, I'm a big romantic comedy fan. I've watched way too many of them, and they're all up here just living in my brain, um, which is a bad thing. But I love them. And then so the holiday in juxtaposition is uh, Jack Black and Kate Winslet and Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. And as unlikable as Cameron Diaz in the movie is everyone else is that much more likable. So we can forgive her for her unlikability. 
Um, just because she's like, I don't know. She's I like Cameron Diaz overall, but in this movie, she she grates me. But like everybody else is so wonderful, I can forgive her. Um, anyways, those are my two other rom coms that really belonged, sort of sandwiched with while you were sleeping. But I'll we'll add those in here. I love them, okay. and I just oh, I will watch them this year. That will happen. Yes, I haven't watched them yet, but I will. I don't know that I've seen Love Actually, but I got to say with this cast, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I assume it's like little vignettes. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's. Like Christmas time love story kind of thing. Yes, but they all link together, which is amazing because like, mm, so like okay. Emma Thompson is Hugh Grant's brother. I mean, a uh, sister. So they're related. Okay. And then like, uh, you know, it's like, there's like connections with all of them. So it's like this sort of thread that goes through where you figure out how they all sort of know each other. In a like a linear fashion, like they all just sort of know each other. But you've got like a little Kira Knightley action in there. Um, mm-hmm. You've got a little um, Rick from Walking Dead in the iconic scene with the signs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, he plays a bit of a stalker. We can all agree on that. But <laughs> I don't care. I love him. Um, and you've got um, Martin Freeman who plays the Hobbit and is. Uh, Watson and Sherlock and is in like everything, the office, the British office and everything. Mm-hmm. He plays like a porn stand-in. Like, and so his <laughs> scenes are like these simulated <laughs> porn <laughs> scenes. Like. That's great. They're like, can you tweak the nipples some more? He's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, it's so, it's so not what we know Martin Freeman for. So it's so funny to go back and watch him in that because it's like, well, I mean, it is a little because he's like endearing and uncomfortable and like, oh, are my hands too cold? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, the cast is excellent, and I think part of the reason I can like forgive any of the weird things that that don't age well with time or that you're sort of like, but he's a stalker, is the cast and who they all are to me and other things. So Mm -hmm. um, just an excellent, huge, giant, wonderful cast. And it's worth a watch, at least to know all the pop culture references. It's got Bill Nye as the like rock star, pop star who's turning his big hit into a Christmas version. So it's like the song is like um, love is all around, but he changes it to Christmas is all around. And it's like all these jokes about how stupid that is. But that's what happens in real life. (laughs) So it makes it funnier. But I think you should definitely watch it. I would say watch that one over the holiday or while you were sleeping because they're much more um, like rom-com-y. Whereas this one's got a lot of different things happening like brother-sister relationship and like all kinds of things like that. It's got a lot to see, whereas it's not just about the love stories, even though it's called Love Actually. So you should watch it. Yeah, this seems very dynamic. Yeah, it's a good with, one. With, with with this kind of cast and to kind of pay attention to all the to all of them, it does seem like it would go from story to story. So yeah, I gotta say, looking at this, and you, you mentioned Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman, I think, is probably the star of this episode. Is he? Well, because well, he's in this. Yeah, and then he's gonna be in. And he's gonna be. He's in some of our future picks here. Oh. Because of oh right, because of your next one, <clears throat> yeah, duh. So so my next one, and, and this is um, a bunch of films uh, uh, lumped into one, and we actually had quite an extensive conversation about these in our Halloween episode. Yes, we did. Because funny enough, the Harry Potter movies, they just fit. I mean, they're great films that you can watch any time of year, but they 
really hit during Halloween for us because, well, you have wizards and stuff, and that's very Halloween-y. And they also hit during Christmas quite a bit. Uh, they play a lot on, on, on what, Freeform now? Mm-hmm, Freeform. So you see them there a lot. A lot of the settings of many of the Harry Potter movies have a Christmassy kind of feel. They're in a, a snowy time of year, a cold time of year. So it's it. we just, I think, we gravitate toward them because of that. Uh, and they're really just great movies. I mean, they're kind of timeless movies. Again, I mean, something, these films are kind of really becoming modern classics. And it's a great series of films. And, uh, you know, you don't have to watch all of them. You can pick and choose because they all stand alone. You know, they all stand on their own really well. Except for and, seven, uh, part one and two, probably. Those well, yeah. those go together really, really <laughs> Yeah, closely. those you kind of have to watch together. But I will say it. I wonder what your thoughts are, is that I feel like number three is very Halloween-y. And if I'm going to watch any of them at Halloween, it's usually number three. Because Prisoner of Azkaban has, like, that double, double toil and trouble. It's got the Alfonso mm, Cuaron, yes. like, isn't Alfonso Cuaron who directed it? Or is it... um. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes, it's it got is. more of an that Alfonso Cuarón fa- flavor, um, and it just fits so perfectly with Halloween. Whereas for Christmas, I really associate one and two with Christmas because, like, yes. one ends in the banquet hall at Christmas. Like, two has a lot mm-hmm. of Christmas elements, and then beyond that, four through seven, part two, really don't stand at the holidays for me at all. Even though there are elements that still. You could like, especially five has the scene in the snowy part with, um, you know, the part with the haunted, the enchanted necklace, and they're all in the in the snow at Hogsmeade and everything. So, right, I think you could definitely watch the other ones, but I think personally, one and two I do associate at Christmas time, and then all three at Halloween, and then the rest are just like Harry Potter, which has its it's like Star Wars, it's like non genre, non time specific. They just belong, but for some reason. Now that you're talking about it, one and two for me are very Christmassy. Do you have any of them that you feel are more Christmassy versus less Christmassy? I'm actually, I'm inclined to, to agree with you on one and two quite a bit. They seem to have that feeling the most. And interestingly enough, I'm, I'm just kind of running through them quick and looking at release dates. Mm-hmm. One and two are both released in November. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I think there might have been some intent to their marketing here. Uh, and as I'm going through others, uh, Goblet of Fire was released in November. The part, the seven part one and two definitely wasn't though. They were summer, weren't they? May? I think so. Or yeah. like, uh, yeah, I think those were summer releases if I'm remembering correctly. Azkaban was June. Uh, and then. Like a May or a July? No, not July probably. Uh, Deathly Hallows part one was November. Oh, I'm surprised by that. Two? And part two was July. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I definitely don't as- associate part two with a season because I've only seen it about, I think we talked about this in the Halloween episode. I've only seen it about three, I think four times, period, because it mm. makes me cry so much, <laughs> yeah. like so violently. I just actually only three times. I've only seen it three times. I think mm. once in the theater, which is super rare for me, because I see those big like franchise movies multiple times. Um, I'll see. Sure. I'll probably see Star Wars like six times in the theaters because take my mm-hmm. money. Um, 
I saw it a second time when it was released, and I just watched it a third time earlier this year. Third time, period, which is very rare for me. But I cry so uncontrollably and so violently, and I look like a freaking wreck. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't associate that one with Christmas at all because I associate it with violently crying and being a mess and just emotional outpouring. Like, that's what I associate it with. Yeah, I think also one and two really are (laughs) geared towards a younger audience because the kids are younger Mm -hmm. and it deals with sort of a lighter – you're not fully – Voldemort's fully not back yet. You're not fully into the dark side of the wizarding world. And so it really is three that pulls that in, which makes it feel more Halloween-y to me. And then, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight – well, seven part two. Really uh, just continue the, you know, whole storyline. But it's one and two for me. Just 100% Christmas movies. You're right. They're not on my list, but they are like 100% Christmas movies. Well, and the views of uh, Hogsmeade are just kind of during the winter give you the best uh, contrasts. You know, the snow and and with the cobblestone and, and... you know the narrow streets and 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 all that. It's I I just it I like it. It's a very, it's a very attractive visual to me. Well, and the kids going in to get a like a warm butter beer is so like Christmassy yes. sounding, and so yeah, yeah. This is a good pick. I like mm-hmm. that one. But you're right. I think Alan Rickman definitely is a bit of a star on our list because now we're going into my list, which is Die Hard one and two, which was actually Absolutely. also on your list. Um, yes. <laughs> and we are fully in the Die Hard is a Christmas movie camp. And anyone who isn't, I challenge you to a gift duel on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'll type 100%. And it's, I mean, it, in case listeners aren't, aren't aware, there is a, you know, it tends to be a very strict line drawn between is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not. I want to hear some arguments about not because I don't understand. It's at Christmas time. It's so Christmassy. It's just not, it doesn't deal necessarily with warm, fuzzy Christmas feelings, but it's 100% a Christmas movie. Yeah. And I I think that that tends to be the (laughs) argument against it is, oh, well, this is an action adventure thing and it doesn't, people think that that overshadows the Christmas thing. And, you know, you tend not to have Christmas movies where people are yelling out, yippee-ki-yay. Mother what? (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's but the setting is is christmas and it's not just the setting but there are little elements of the movie particularly speaking about the the first die hard movie there's little elements of the movie that are kind of woven throughout that remind you oh this is christmas time this is christmas time yeah and i think that that's a critical setting piece so if you know you could take hey you could take home alone and set it during summer vacation instead of Christmas. True. Well, yeah, you could still have a good, funny movie, but there's so much context that Christmas adds to that movie. And so I think it's the same thing with Die Hard, is that Christmas is that context. So it's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Well, you're right. And I think the juxtaposition of warm, fuzzy Christmas time and hard-hitting, you know, mother effort action movie are such Mm -hmm. a wonderful, like, they don't butt heads at all. They really compliment each other because you get those moments yeah. between um, Bruce Willis and his wife of like you you get the feeling like they're very different that they're 
not on the same page. And then by the end, you know, and then you also get like the buddy cop parts with Carl Winslow mm-hmm. and Bruce. Um, and sort of like what Carl Winslow brings to the table as well from like adding in his parts where he's talking about his family and everything. And he's, <laughs> he's he is not o- Carl Winslow in this he movie. He is though. always you know that, right? Carl Winslow to me. <laughs> and I know that's not his name. And I know that's not even his name in the movie. <laughs> But he is Carl Winslow, and he's even a cop in the movie. Come on. He's Carl Winslow. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) He is. I just, every time I watch it, I'm like, Carl Winslow's here. Where's Steven Urkel? Where's Steve Urkel? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I, I, I would go farther to say that I associate one with Christmas more than I do two. But once I'm in the realm of watching one, I want to watch two. So I tend to act like watch two at Christmas time only because I'm already in the mindsets. But I don't go watching yeah. two on its own as a Christmas movie. I will say that. Okay. I like which one do you like better? Oh, one. One or two. One. 100%. Really? I like two a lot. It's that, that two is in LA, right? With the. Oh no, New York. No. No, no, no. Two two is in DC. Oh, DC, right. It's a, it's in Dallas Airport. The airport with the baggage claim and the whole thing, the baggage yeah. um caddy yeah. or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't think I've seen it as many times as one, so it might just be that I haven't watched it as many times. Sure. I own Christmas it though. This <laughs> is is not as big of a theme in Die Hard 2. Yeah. Um but it is winter time and in so that environment of it being winter is is very prominent throughout the whole movie. And two is with um, William Sadler. Okay, William. Yes. You beautiful William Sadler. I am a big Roswell fan, just a little side note, and he's Sheriff Valenti in Roswell. So I uh, watched okay. Die Hard 2 after I had seen Roswell, so later in life, like – Gotcha. In the last... So that was your association. Yes. So I really mm-hmm. like two because of William Sadler and Sheriff Valenti, even though he's a bad guy and I want him to be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I but one is like where it's at for me. But again, it's the it's sort of like the Terminator effect or like the, any of other action movie effect where like when I see one, I immediately want to watch two. Like just... Oh, sure. So once I'm in Christmas time and watching one, I'm like, well, I already mm-hmm. – I own one and two. I own them both. So um, yep. it's an easy transition right into two, but I don't ever just pick up two as a Christmas movie on its own. It's really associated yeah. with one for me. So, But like Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber, like I just like – I don't know. There's so much to love about one. It's just such a great film on its own even aside from it being a Christmas film, but it just really mm-hmm. – I just love the dichotomy of like the two feelings of action versus Christmas and how they play off of each other. Yeah. That that's so different I, than a lot I of the other agree. movies on our list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Um, Die Hard Two does edge out the first one for me, just in terms of overall. I like this movie better than the other. Oh, one. Oh, interesting. Uh, but the first Die Hard is is really. I mean, it's a it is a top movie for me. Uh, for all the reasons that we mentioned, uh, Die Hard Two. I just I, I like the feeling of Die Hard I, I, of of the movie. I like the setting of it. I uh, it funny a number of years ago I was stuck in Dulles Airport in the middle of a snowstorm, and all I could think of was <laughs> I'm freaking John McClane. 
I'm John McClane. This is going to be awesome. If something happens, I'm totally John McClane. Here. And I you're got this bald. I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> and you're bald, although that was, Bruce had a little hair back then, but like. He had a little bit of hair then, But yeah, yeah no, that's, that's a fun thought to have in an airport, I feel like. Oh, it's, it, yeah, yeah. Don't it, tell it's totally anyone that because so. they'll arrest you. <laughs> now, we have to sort of discuss that there are other Die Hard movies. Um, there absolutely are, and, and for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, I like Die Hard 3. Mm-hmm. I, I think Die Hard 3, and that's the one that takes place in New York City. I, I like Die Hard movie. 3. Uh, Live Free Die Hard is that's the fourth with Jai Courtney, right? Yeah. I'm not as big of a fan of that one. I did see it in the theaters no. just because I'm a big Die Hard fan. So I was like, well, I have to go see it because I love Die Hard. But I was like, oh. Are, are you, can I ask you a yeah. question? Are you a Die Hard, Die Hard I'm fan? a Die Hard, Die Hard fan. <laughs> no, I don't think I am a Die Hard, Die Hard fan. I'm a, just a fan. I'm not like, yeah. like if I miss it this Christmas, that's okay. It's not like. I don't have to watch it every year. Like, what? It's not like White Christmas. I'm a diehard White Christmas fan. Oh, sure. So it's on a different level for me. But and I think I'm. I mean, if I'm talking about action films, I'm more of a Terminator fan than a diehard fan. For some reason, I associate mm. them with each other. Okay. I don't know why, but I do that. Die, Terminator's not a Christmas movie, but whenever I think no. of Die Hard, <laughs> I transition into watching Terminator movies. So I should watch them at Christmas. I probably do. Sure. We've watched uh, both of the Die Hard, well, Die Hard 1 and 2. You did already? Uh, already. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've seen both of them this season, and I think more than once. One a cool little tidbit. So at the end of, of Die Hard 2, the very end of it, uh, they're out on, on the tarmac, and all the planes have come down, and you know they've all landed and such. And there is, uh, you've got a bunch of, you know, fire engines and ambulances and police cars and all that kind of stuff out there. And John gets out there and he, he meets up with Holly and such. And, um, you know, so, oh, the, you know, they're seeing, oh, the weather outside is frightful and all that. And the camera draws back and it does this wide shot. And there's, I think maybe three or four airplanes in the picture. That's actually a, a matte painting. I got to see that matte painting earlier this year. I got to do, folks know this, if, if they listen to the Random Chatter Show, um, I got to tour Lucasfilm. Oh, yes, you earlier did. Earlier this year. <sighs> and yes, I did. So again, kudos to Justin Bulger, uh, who is an awesome guy and friend of the network. Uh, so Justin gave uh, my wife and I and my buddy John, who is out there working with us, um, the, the, the tour. And so this matte painting of that final scene was there. And I took a picture of that matte painting. And I think it was maybe a week or two ago, was watching Die Hard 2. And we got to the end of the movie, and I paused it at that part. And I take out my phone, and I'm looking at the image, and I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, oh, that is so awesome. That's amazing. (laughs) Because it was, yeah, it's just a matte painting that they just, you know, people are moving around in. And then as they zoom out, the people are no longer moving. But you just have this wide shot of that scene. So, yeah. That's a good little tidbit you got going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That's a fun one. All right, what do you have next on your list? We could probably do a whole episode about Die Hard, by the way. <laughs> oh, we, we probably could. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be one of the movies or all the movies. Yeah, we could do um, like a whole... I, I, I think we certainly could. ...compendium of Die Hard chats. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my next one, uh, again, combining a couple of movies here because uh, we, we have sequels. 
The Santa Claus. Oh, yes. Uh, one and two. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the third one. I didn't even know there was a third one. I only know about one and two. <laughs> there, Yeah, there is a third one. Um, it's it's okay, but it's not great. Is Tim Allen in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way to beat a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Tim Allen movie. Um, I love Tim Allen. I mean, I was, I was a, a big... Um, uh, home improvement watcher when that series was out and Buzz Lightyear, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, he he does Buzz Lightyear. Uh, just a, a, it's a great movie. The first one, and I think where this works so well together as an original and a sequel, is because the first movie really establishes it's kind of your origin story, and it really establishes the character and the the environment of the North Pole and how certain things work and all that. The second one kind of fast forwards, I don't know, 10 years, and it, it is now a story unto itself. And so you could probably watch that without having seen the first one. There's a couple of contextual issues that the if you watch the first one, it would solve for you. But I, I just, I love both of them as, as just kind of their own movies. And I love the characters in the movies. And I like the fact that the second one does take place uh, again, I think it's 10 years later. And uh, uh, Eric Lloyd, who plays Charlie, Tim Allen's son, Scott Kelvin's son, Santa Claus's son, um, is the it's the same kid. That's awesome. Which is the great thing. He plays it in the first movie, and then later on, he plays it in the next movie. How many years exactly are they apart? Santa Claus 2 is 2002, and the Santa Claus was 1994, so eight years apart. Wow, I guess I didn't realize it was that much time between the two of them. Yeah. And I I think it's great that they recast him in that part to get him as a teenager. And I think it's just, uh, it's it's such a, it's, the the second one is really a a great story. Has, the second one has Elizabeth uh, Mitchell in it, who I have a little bit of a crush on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just both fun Christmassy movies. They're really neat. I adore Tim Allen. I mean, to almost like a Tom Hanks level adoration, which is saying (laughs) a lot because I named my cat after Tom Hanks. Um, And I've watched this movie ad nauseum as a child. And I don't know why it didn't Mm -hmm. translate into watching it every year as a grown-up because it's it's like elf level for me. Like, uh, it's whimsical. It's like funny it's heartfelt it's like got its own lore about santa so i really it's it's like very even keeled with elf um it's it's like a little more grounded than elf elf is a little bit more like fizzy bubbles and uh santa claus has got a little more weight to it (laughs) um but i'm gonna have to give this one a rewatch this year because you are like talking about it makes me want to watch it so bad right now because i love tim allen so much yeah, uh, ridic- and he is just—he's so great in these. And like you said, it does—it kind of—it really functions around the lore of Santa Claus, yeah. and I, I like that part. Yeah, of it. it creates its own really mythos like about it. Whereas, like, beard grows back immediately when it when he keeps shaving it off, yeah. and like, <laughs> um, and then at the end when he like gets his ex, the all of the you know the thing that she had always wanted, and it comes and because she never believed, and like, just I don't know, I. I'm like having some serious feelings about watching this movie right now. So I'm going to have to add it to my, I've got a lot of movies to watch. I feel like I'm going (laughs) to, but yeah, Yeah. I'm glad you put that on Um, your list because that is 
Oh, I love that movie. I'm, I don't know about yeah. two, though. I don't really remember it. I'll have to give it a watch. Um, yeah, two is, uh, uh, it's the, the Mrs. Claus. So he has to get married. That's right. I have seen it. Okay, my one question is, yes. is Bernard in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bernard is in it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Bernard, Bernard is, in is it. my favorite. Um, yep. Bernard uh, Bernard is the great. actor who plays Bernard was in 10 Things I Hate About You and it made me love 10 Things I Hate About You more because of Bernard <laughs> like that's saying a the, lot the third one by the way is called The Escape Clause I don't and think I ever even has, knew that came out <laughs> yeah this was uh, let's see 2006 uh, with Martin Short <gasps> uh, who plays Jack Frost who becomes the uh, antagonist Oh. Of this, because basically Jack Frost wants to become Superman, or Superman, ah, Santa It'd be Claus. be really weird if Jack Frost wanted to be Superman. <laughs> That's a whole nother level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where that came That's from. That's funny. <laughs> and you have, uh, so in both the second one and the third one, uh, Aisha Tyler plays Mother Nature. Oh, I love Aisha. Yeah. Uh, Art LaFleur plays the Tooth Fairy, and in the second one, I just, I love his role as as the Tooth Fairy. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Peter Boyle, who, uh, again, going back, this is a, um, everybody loves Raymond connection. He was, he was the, the father and everyone loves Raymond. In the first uh, Santa Claus movie, Peter Boyle is Scott's, uh, Scott's boss. In the second and third movies, they recast him as Father Time. Oh, it's just a funny thing. I don't know how or why he was he was cast into a different role, uh, but yeah, he's he's been in he was in all three movies. Oh, interesting. So there's just a little fun fact. Oh, and Michael Dorn. OMG, uh, Worf. Uh, yeah, who we know as Worf. <gasps> he played Sandman. Oh my gosh! It uh, very funny because he just like he's sitting there sleeping. They're having this meeting of, of, gosh, I can't remember what they call themselves. Uh, you've got the, the Tooth Fairy and Mother Nature and Cupid and the Easter Bunny and Sandman, Father Time. They're all in Santa Claus. And they have these periodic meetings of like these holiday deity, semi-deity people. And Sandman just is just sleeping through the whole thing. They ask him a question. Someone nudges him. He sits up, he yawns, he's all glassy-eyed, he gives a response, and then he just kind of puts his head back down on his arms and goes back to sleep. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I am st- Just these funny, cute little things that they put in I, Now I want to watch number three. It's you, you should watch it. I mean, just to watch it. I'm not a huge fan but as, of it. But it, by all as means, part of the yeah. lore and as part of the trilogy of the of the Tim Allen canon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that yeah. is reminding me of a movie I did not put on my list, but belongs on my list. And it's a movie mm-hmm. called Rise of the Guardians. Have you ever seen Rise of the Guardians? I don't think okay. so. Okay. It's like this. It's got the Tooth Fairy and it's Santa Claus and it's Easter Bunny and it's the Sandman and it's Jack Frost. And Jack Frost is voiced by Chris Pine. It's a cartoon. It's an animated movie, DreamWorks, I think. Um, okay. Oh, 2012. It's, uh, so Chris Pine is Jack Frost. Um, Isla Fisher's the Tooth Fairy. Hugh Jackman is mm-hmm. Bunny, the Easter Bunny. Um <laughs> Uh, who plays? Oh, 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 oh! Alec Baldwin is North, who's Santa, and Jude Law is the bad guy, Pitch. So he's like your the darkness, <laughs> okay. and it's basically this like uh, it's 
I don't know, it's wonderful. Jack Frost, the kid dies and becomes Jack Frost, but he feels very, very alone. And so then he basically gets made into one of the guardians, which is all what you're talking about, This the group of like mythical people who take care of us throughout the year, um, whether it's through yeah. our dreams or through the holidays or through you know losing a tooth or whatever. Um, and Ooh. they fight Pitch, who's trying to get rid of all of those. So Hugh Jackman's bunny is like this... Badass Australian <laughs> hair, like giant, like hair, and he's yeah. got he's like like basically Crocodile Dundee as the two, as the Easter Bunny, and that's funny. And then he gets turned into like this baby bunny that's like, and he's still, but it's still got the same <laughs> voice. I don't. It's it is like Hotel Transylvania level good for a holiday film, and I think you would really enjoy okay. it a lot. On the level of Hotel Transylvania, although not as funny, uh, not as like slapsticky because of the Adam Sandler element of Hotel Transylvania, but like a little bit more mm-hmm. heartfelt and really like gets you in the in the heartstrings where you don't really expect it. But the little elf, okay. the little elves that Santa has, and then the Easter Bunny has eggs, and they're both like these sort of like little like boop 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 characters that like there it's. I'm so glad I remembered it now that you're talking about that because it's wonderful. And the first time I saw it, I like, I just got, I just teared up watching it because it was so, <laughs> just so good. And Chris Pine is Jack Frost is so actually, um, Jack Frost is one of the people that a lot of people ship with uh, Elsa from Frozen because they're both like white haired, frosty uh, people. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever see any of the, um, like, ship fan art it's like elsa and jack mm-hmm. frost it's that jack frost from rise uh-huh. of the guardians so um oh my gosh okay. i'm so glad i remembered that because i gotta watch that this year that movie is wonderful um and i would say tim you would really like it yeah okay i i will have to check it out. i i'll tell you hotel transylvania was great yeah. um Watch it on your recommendation. Laugh through the whole thing. I thought it was really clever. So yeah, this one is. Uh, I, I will check. Super this out. clever, but again, not as funny and like slapsticky as Hotel Transylvania. But it's <clears> very <throat> clever in the way that right. they sort of tell the story and like, and how Pitch sort of comes in and tries to ruin everything. So it, it's not. I don't know that it's necessarily like a Christmas film, but because North is in there and San, like the Santa Claus and the elves and everything, it, it definitely could categorize itself as that. But it also has like. Easter and the other like other guardians realms as well, but it's uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. So I'm adding it cool. to my list after the fact, and it belongs <laughs> on there. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. So what do you got next? Very good. Uh, movie that I uh, saw most recently, and this is a movie I've I've watched for years, and I've been a big fan of it. Uh, Trading Places. What movie is this? Uh, this is, uh, it's an older movie, 1983. Huh. Uh, totally holds up. 100% holds up. Uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. I don't know this movie. Really? Oh, my gosh. This is, oh, my, it's it's outstanding. Oh. So Eddie Murphy plays a, uh, he's, he's a bum, he's a beggar. And Dan Aykroyd is this, uh, he works on... It works as a like a, a, a trader for this big firm, and the owners of the firm, uh, Duke and Duke, which are played by uh, Ralph Bellamy and uh, Don Amash, they're brothers, and they make this bet that you could essentially take someone who is a bum and a beggar, put him in a nice suit, put him in a nice house, 
give them a good job and they will excel because of their environment. And you can take the person who was rich and advantaged and fortunate, put them out on the street and cut them off and they'll turn to a life of crime. And uh, so they, they make this bet to do this. Uh, and it, I mean, it's Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. The whole movie is absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's on TV fairly often throughout the year. Uh, I regard it as a Christmas movie just because it, it does take place again. The, the setting is Christmas time and it's very appropriate. And, and that setting is kind of threaded throughout, uh, throughout the whole movie. So you'll catch the, the edited version out on, on the networks. Uh, you'll catch the every once in a while. Oh gosh. I saw it on, I think IFC, uh, which does uncut movies. And so it's basically just like watching something on, you know, HBO or yeah, unbleeped. So you get the, you, <laughs> yeah, you get the full language, you get the F bombs. Oh yeah. This was early eighties with Eddie Murphy in it. So you get the N word dropped a couple times. There are several topless scenes of women through, through the movie, but it is just, it's so it's absolutely hilarious. It really, really funny movie. You will laugh through the whole thing. It has a great story to it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a must watch. And it's, it is one of those movies that flipping through the channels, if it's on, I will probably nine times out of 10, I will stop on it and watch okay, it. Okay, I've never seen it, but it sounds like it belongs on our adult Christmas list with Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, probably adult. Although I will say, I mean, the, the edited version that you see on most TV channels is pretty light. Oh. It's not. It's appropriate. It's. it's yeah, I, I I wouldn't say that it is not family friendly. You know, I, I think it actually and it actually has some pretty good themes in it of, of race and that kind of stuff that like you could talk to kids about afterwards and say, well, hey, you know, what are they showing in this? What are they reflecting hmm. in this? And um, but it also does. I mean, again, early 80s, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. It's there's stereotypes that are projected in it. And, you know, it's it's that brand of humor. Huh. Um, but it's it's good stuff. It's, it's very fun. Huh. Really well nice. done. Well, my next one is definitely a kids movie or kid-friendly movie. It's not a kids movie because I watch it every year, but it's the original <laughs> Grinch, um, the Dr. Mm-hmm. Seuss animated gr- original Grinch, not the Jim Carrey live action version, which my father no, my ooh. father has deep, deep, very upsetting, not upsetting, but like very big <laughs> issues with the Jim Carrey version. He doesn't like when uh, a character gets a needless backstory. Um, and so mm-hmm. he doesn't like that, oh, the Grinch was bullied. And so that is any explanation for how he treats the who's in his future. Um, especially because yeah. the whole point is sort of for the villain to become good, not for the villain to become some sond and good is bad and bad is good. Um, mm-hmm. anti-villain, anti-hero. So my dad gets real up in yep. arms about the Jim Carrey version. I happen to like the song, the Faith Hill song, Where Are You Christmas, from that movie. Um, and I oh, also okay. like the visuals of the Who's, like their costumes and everything. Um, but as far as like a movie that I'll watch every year, it's it's OG Dr. Seuss Christmas for me, 100%. Yes. The animation, the Abu Dhore song, the – the mm-hmm. it's like the book <laughs> just pops off at, at you. And uh, <clears throat> I am – Dr. Seuss's – the Lorax is my absolute number, fa- number favorite, number one favorite Dr. Seuss of all time. Um, 
but Grinch is Grinch is pretty far up there. And fun fact for everybody, my family celebrates Christmas in a very unique way. Um, yes, we you do. do themed Christmas where we have we voted on a theme last year, so we've done this for eight years. So every year, the year before, we make our votes, our our silent ballots, <laughs> anonymous silent <laughs> ballots, so nobody gets mad that we have whatever theme we have. Um, and so this year is Dr. Seuss Christmas. So if you come to my awesome. Instagram or my Twitter, you're going to see a lot of Dr. Seuss costumes. And we have a green screen that we take pictures in front of. And then my uncle, like, takes us and photoshops us into scenes from the movies or books, depending on what we're doing. Um, so my character is going to be the toothbrush on the toothbrush from There's a Walket in My Pocket. Um, but my brother is going to be, uh, the 500 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins. My mom is going to be Horton. Here's the who, um, my dad's going to be the Vipper of Vip. My cousin's going to be the cover Mm -hmm. of, Oh, the places you'll be. Um, my niece and nephew will be thing one and thing two. My aunt and uncle are thing three and thing four. And then we do have a friend that we invite people that we know to come. So if you're in the winter park area next Saturday or this Saturday, um, between one and three, you're welcome to stop by and just DM me. Or you can totally come and witness the magic. So we're having a Dr. Seuss Christmas, so it's especially special to watch OG Dr. Seuss this year because we're going to have Dr. Seuss on the brain for Christmas, and everyone, it's going to be a lot of Dr. Seuss gifts and everything. So I'm a big Dr. Seuss fan, so I'm very excited about that. So original. I, I think yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I will tell you, folks, I, I mean, I've been – following Liz's stuff on social media. Uh, we go back, what, five yeah, years? Yeah, quite a while. Somewhere around there. And and so I've seen the pictures that she's posted through the years of this Christmas tradition, and it is awesome. I mean, the costumes are incredible, uh, and it looks like it is such a good time. It's like a little mini con, because we go, like, we full cosplay rather than just, like, Disney bounding or some sort of like low level, like we bought, nobody buys their costumes in my family. We all make them ourselves. We have a costume contest Mm -hmm. and like a running trophy where everybody, like the winner has to add something to it. So each year it gets bigger and bigger. And we do like for our Lord of the Rings Christmas, we did this huge like gingerbread shire. And um, yeah, we usually have like gingerbread or cookies or something that's themed along with the theme. So we're going to have a lot. So just keep an eye out because Dr. Seuss is big for us. And we have, we actually have littles this year because we, we haven't had littles like ever. (laughs) We just do this as adults. Right. Um, anyways, so that's my little Dr. Seuss, uh, pitch and story and why I love Dr. Seuss so much. And we're celebrating, it's extra this year because we're celebrating Dr. Seuss Christmas. So that's my, yeah. And it's so well. I mean, like you said, I mean, you, you guys have a green screen, and who is it? Your dad that'll that does the background. My uncle, yeah, my my uncle, uncle does the backgrounds, and we actually do have like a backdrop, like a physical, like a shower curtain, Doctor Seuss shower curtain that we're going to use as a like oh, a okay, separate cool. photo station, so people can take some pictures and and put them up on social media yep. right away because all of our we just we realize that all of our photos are like these awesome photos of us in our costumes with a green like background so it sort of ruins the picture yeah. <laughs> um, but last year was the wizard of oz um and who knows what next year will be we have to do our voting so if you have any suggestions yeah. of what my family should do for christmas you should let me know because um we've done harry potter lord of the rings uh narnia star trek superheroes and villains star wars, star wars. Doctor Who, um, and then Wizard of Oz last year. So that's all eight years. So this will year will be 
uh, Dr. Seuss. And next year will be our 10th year, so it's going to be a big one. So if you've got any, it might be Disney. I think we'll probably go Disney, but. Um, yeah. It's, you know what's funny is we don't have any Disney movies on our list. Like, I feel like Disney and Christmas mm. should go together so seamlessly. I guess Frozen could technically be watched at Christmas, mm. but we don't have any yeah. on our list. No Disney to speak of. Yeah, Snow White. I guess Snow White. Snow White? Oh, yeah. Snow White's not Christmassy. No, you don't think Snow so. Snow White? Just the name, maybe. <laughs> she, there's no actual snow in the movie. <laughs> There is not. I thought it was done during. No, 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 no. No, because they take oh, her into okay. the forest, and she wrong. Beauty and the Beast, maybe because there is snow in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. What else you got on your list? All right. Uh, my next up, and we uh, we alluded to this in our uh, in our introduction, is a Christmas story. Ah, yes. So uh, there is the the upcoming live action musical that's being done on one of the networks i don't know which one of which network yeah i don't know either uh but i'm talking i'm speaking of the uh 1983 christmas story uh and it's a it's really a period piece it's set in the 40s uh it's all all about ralphie and his red rider bb gun and uh it's just it's a lot of fun i i think it's a great movie there are some people who uh like, like my wife who are viscerally opposed to this film oh lizzie doesn't I like it i don't like it at all no, not no. A fan. i'm with your wife on this one <laughs> i am not a fan of christmas story no i think it's a fun movie I, I like the setting of it i like the story of it i like the little it's really set up as a series of little vignettes even though it kind of covers a linear a linear period of time it's just these little snapshots of, you know, day to day, or this is the morning, this is the evening. And none of them are necessarily directly connected with each other, but together they make up a kind of a nice story. And so it's it's fun. I like That's it. That's good. I, I, I usually try to take it in. Again, I mean, they usually, I think it's one of the Turner Networks or something, uh, marathons it on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, they just play it over and over, right? <laughs> yeah. Which to me, it's kind of unfortunate that they hold it for that, that they don't play it beforehand. Because uh, Christmas Day, oftentimes you're busy doing other yeah, things. Yeah, I don't feel like I watch a lot of movies on Christmas Day. I watch them all as precursor no. to Christmas because Christmas is very busy with things. Yeah. yeah so it exactly. is sort of a funny exactly. choice to play it all on Christmas Day. I don't know why I don't like it. Um, it's a good movie. I mean, I don't, I think as far as a movie goes, it's got, it's got great elements to it and it's funny. I just, I don't think I ever watched it really as a kid or there's not a lot of like Mm -hmm. nostalgia for watching it. It's not one that it's like my family movie or anything like that. And so I've watched it as an older adult and I'm like, meh, I don't care. (laughs) Meh, take it or leave it. (laughs) I, I, I do remember, I mean, from a nostalgia perspective, I do remember watching this, um, with my father. Oh, okay. When I was younger. And so he got me into it. I don't know that it's, uh, I'd probably say even my mother doesn't like the movie, hmm. but yeah, I know he got me into it. He liked it, and and I just I got used to it, and so I like it. And yeah, it's a little nostalgic oh, for me. Good. So it's fun. Okay. What you do you have? Have? Oh ah. no! Oh. No. <laughs> Before we go into my last one, I'm going to talk about oh. two other two tiny nods to movies that I didn't put on my list, but I just remembered. And one of them is Muppet Christmas Carol, which oh, I yeah. love and totally forgot about. 
And yep, I totally yeah, agree that, that one that's wonderful. And then also Peanuts Christmas, mm-hmm. um, the Charlie Brown Christmas. I love yeah. Yeah. that one. Do 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 do. But that's not what we're about to talk about, Tim. <laughs> no, can we no. talk about Charlie no? Brown what Christmas? we're about to talk about, please, Liz. is Hallmark Christmas Channel rom com movies. What? Hey, uh, hey, you. Damn, we lost. Hey, the you listen to me, you. Shoot. Okay, I just did my full Christmas rom-com Hallmark Channel rewatch of like 12 rom-coms in a row. Um, I won't tell you all the names, but they all have the word Christmas in them, and they all have to do with kissing. (laughs) And they're all about a handsome white guy and a beautiful white girl getting together. They're so cheesy, and they're so... There's zero diversity, which is I don't agree with. I'd like to see some diversity in there because everybody can experience the cheesy Christmas. Did you mute me, Tim? I was just pouring more water into my mug. That's yeah. All. You better not mute me. <laughs> no, I I could still hear you. You just I'm couldn't, I didn't. Just I figured people checking. didn't want to hear me pouring water in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so they are very. Um, cheesy, and they are very stock photo Christmas cheese, um, usually involving some entrepreneurial female who meets like some sort of a, a big city douchebag who needs a heart changed, a heart of gold. Um, that often happens, yeah. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I will confess to equally knowing how ridiculous they are. And also needing to watch them all. <laughs> I am not without knowing that they're stupid. <laughs> but mm. I don't care. I love them. And I will tell you a couple of my favorites are Christmas Bell, starting, starring Haley Duff, who, and this is a classic Christmas retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Um, love at the Christmas Table. That's a new one I just discovered. And The Christmas Kiss. Those are those are three of my top favorites. There's a couple. There's a whole slate of new ones coming out this year. There's one with Jody Sweden um, from Full House. There's a Candace Cameron Burr one also from Full House. Uh, usually, the whole cast of Full House is probably in them. Lori Loughlin's definitely in one. <laughs> um, Dean Kane is in a lot of them. Josh, uh, uh, no, not Josh Duhamel. Um, there's, I don't know. There's, a, you find a lot of the same people in a lot of these movies because um, they're that just cheesy and formulaic. But the mo- the reason why I put them on the list is because I watch them every year. But also, with to add a little fun fact for you all, my father wrote a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie about me this year, and. I am a, sort of obsessed with it, and I really, really want to film it and put it on YouTube for you. Like, that is <laughs> my goal for next year, to have the, to debut it next Christmas. Um, it doesn't have a title, but it's about a 30-something girl lives above the garage in her grandmother's house, and her grandmother takes in boarders um, to sort of fill the house up after her, fa- her husband has passed away. And... Um, she takes in a very handsome, hunky boarder who doesn't believe in Christmas and needs his heart warmed by the 30-something eccentric fairy tale like uh, garage dweller. So that is the rom-com about me, which I think is so fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could I, I hope the audience could hear you over the sound of my eye roll. Yeah, no, it was a loud one. <laughs> 
<laughs> it spoke volumes, Timothy. But it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. They're so stupid, but I love them so much. And if you are with, the, wait, oh, and the other thing is that Netflix just debuted their first um, holiday, a Christmas rom-com, and it's called a, a Christmas Prince, and it is so horribly cheesy. It's with the girl from iZombie um, <laughs> starring as as the main heroine, but it's so dumb and wonderful and horrible and cheesy and delicious and stupid, and but great. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, wonderful. I will tell you, I, I love that you love those movies. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. They don't like them, but they love That's, that I love them. <laughs> yeah. That's how I. That's how I will put it. I love your enthusiasm for them. I love the fact that you recognize that it's garbage. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, oh, so it's so garbage. It's like The Bachelor. It's like watching The Bachelor. I can't stand The Bachelor, and I judge everyone who watches it harshly. <laughs> but this is my including yourself. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't watch The Bachelor. No, oh, no, I'm okay. saying it's like that. It's like that with other people. Gotcha. I judge them for The Bachelor, but I'm sure that they're judging me for my Christmas channel. So it's like everybody has their thing that's stupid and they know it, and that is mine. True. It's so dumb, but I can't help it, and I watch them every Christmas. And I already did my full Harmark Channel Christmas watch when I was sick. Um, oh, like a week and a half ago, I had a really bad cold. So obviously, what else is there to do but watch every single Christmas Channel rom-com you can get your hands on? I watched 12 of them. <laughs> 12! That was, that was actually a really good time to see how well the mute button in Twitter works. Shut up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was that I used. I, I didn't because I was so entertained right. by the stuff that you were posting about these, and it was it was very and funny. my Be- between Twitter and Instagram. It my was Insta story was very funny that that week. Come on now, it was hilarious. Because <laughs> I think you were doped up on cold meds. I was while you're watching these, and yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was definitely high on meds for a couple days, and. I think that made it funnier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made them funnier and more enjoyable. But there's a whole new slate that I won't get to watch till after, you know, when Hallmark debuts them because I don't have actually have a television. I only watch things on Hulu, Netflix, and rentals and DVDs. So I can't watch mm-hmm. any of the new ones this year. So I'll probably watch all the new ones next year. So I have something to look forward to. So that's the last one on right. my list. Tim, what do you have? Great. Well, the last one on my list, um, very traditional uh, Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, 1946, <laughs> Wait, how, Jimmy Stewart. Donna how Reed. funny is it to go from the dumbest Christmas movies of all time to like one of the most iconic best ones? Like that's hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, that's good. Uh, I just watched this. Um, I caught it on TV a few nights ago, so... Uh, it's, it's, you know, fairly fresh in my head and, and it is, it's just a, it's a classic, classic movie. It's a great story. It, it, it's a story that kind of makes you reflect a little bit on kind of your own existence and your own mortality. Uh, if you want to dive, you know, into that rabbit hole. And the thing is that once you do, you keep on going and going, um, and you really kind of get to see or at least think about or, or consider the impact that each one of us has on the lives and the people around us. And, you know, that's, it, it's a good thing. Hopefully it's a good thing uh, for a lot of people to, to, to see that. 
it's a it's a great feeling movie about the life of George Bailey and the ups and downs of it and the community that he lives in and how people come together to help him and how his family comes together to help him. And, you know, in the end, it's a, you know, they live happily ever after kind of a thing, but uh, it's, it's a great film. It's a great film. It's a classic Christmas. Movie. It is. Uh, it's no another one. It. It's another one that I put love it, but that I don't watch it annually necessarily at Christmas, but okay. it is one that if I do watch it, it will be at Christmas time. <clears throat> and it's, I mean, Jimmy Stewart is a treasure, and I actually, my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie mm-hmm. is Philadelphia Story. Um, so I have a very, mm. uh, love, love, love Jimmy Stewart. So, I mean, he's a, he's a treasure. Um, but it's it's one I don't watch every year. I don't know why. Again, I don't, I have very weird standards. Christmas, Hallmark Channel movies, yes. It's a Wonderful Life, no, I don't know. I'm clearly broken. <laughs> I would say for Jimmy Stewart between this and Rear okay, Window. Okay, Rear Window is really good, too. I like Or Rear like Window. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Um, I mean, or it's Harvey. Harvey is yeah. another one that I love and we watched a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Ver- Vertigo? Yeah, Vertigo. We, see, we didn't watch Hitchcock as kids, though. Yeah. No. So it's for <clears> me, like Jimmy Stewart's associated with my childhood, you know, watching Same as Bing mm-hmm. and Danny Kaye. Um, yeah, but yep. yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to give this one a rewatch this year, maybe because it is because we're talking about it. It's bringing you know it all up, and I feel like I don't I don't think I've ever sat down and like made a list before of the ones I actually do watch or anything like that. So this is helpful to me. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Well, that's it for our list. I, I, I think. think. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it for our list, and and so we've we've gotten ours down. Um, we would certainly like to hear from our listeners about what movies are on their list. Uh, obviously, you folks know there's a bunch of ways to hit us up. Uh, one of those is by way of email, uh, movie rampage at randomchatter.com. You can find us online at facebook.com slash randomchatternetwork. You can hit us up on Twitter at movie rampage pod. Uh, that gets you for specifically for the movie rampage show. Uh, you can get us at Random Chatter, which is for the whole Random Chatter network. You can uh, find Liz at Nerd in the City. And you can find me, as always, at Qui-Gon Tim. That's Tim with two M's. Certainly check us out at randomchatter.com. That is our main webpage. And you can find uh, downloads of all of our uh, podcasts from there. You'll find some network news. Uh, we have polls up there. We have some blog posts. I've continued my um, James Bond series uh, up there. So please go over to randomchatter.com and check us out. We also appreciate that you spread the word and support us. Uh, leave us some great reviews on iTunes and Google Play uh, or wherever else you happen to find your podcasts. Click on all the stars, write in some great narrative for us. We definitely appreciate that. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, total strangers about us. If uh, you know people who are interested in movies, and I'm pretty sure most of you do, uh, ask them about podcasts that they might listen to. Maybe they haven't tried podcasts yet, and you could uh, get them introduced to the Random Chatter Network and to Movie Rampage. If they are into podcasting, ask them what they listen to. Maybe you'll find something interesting that you want to try out, and uh, we certainly appreciate if you would... Do a little pushing of the Random Chatter Network for us, uh, as well as uh, the Movie Rampage podcast, since we are still pretty new and we're trying to uh, 
to really try to, to reach some more listeners. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, financial contributions also help quite a bit. You can find uh, the way to do that at patreon.com slash random chatter. And basically any contribution that you provide to the network, we give you some perks back. So even a dollar a month will get you access to our Slack channel, uh, which is basically an online discussion board uh, where you get to interact with hosts and staff and other listeners. Patreon.com slash random chatter definitely helps us out. Uh, we just re-upped our website uh, about a month or two ago. That costs some money. We have data storage fees that cost money. We have some other costs and um, everything that you contribute through that actually supports the entire network uh, because really all these shows are kind of a collective. And through the whole concept of crowdsourcing, uh, we're able to take in that dollar a month or maybe you're able to swing two or three dollars a month or maybe even five or ten dollars a month. And each one of those levels has different perks associated with it. Uh, so we're giving back to you as well. The music you hear on this podcast is by Bearded Audio. Thank you very much, Ian. And that's all we have for this episode. So go out and watch some movies, folks. Enjoy. Enjoy.